they were the best team in the NBA last year for sure. And they yeah. deserve to win that that ring. This year, like you said, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, Hello and welcome to the Friday, May 7th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. The NBA season is winding down. We got one more week till the NBA play in tournament. But like I said, I'm going to have guests coming on at least once a week on the pod. And today we have another guest for the first time in a while. Um, he runs the account, The Sideline Views. Um, um, welcome to the show, Duggan. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. So today we're going to be just talking about the account that he runs, the sideline views. I'm going to have all of his links down in the description of this video, or you can check out the link tree, which I have linked in the, um, bio of the pod or my Instagram. But yeah, it's going to be a really awesome episode. Um, just continue to show your support in any way possible. Remember to follow at TV on basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And for all the podcast listeners, remember to show your support in any way possible. But yeah, let's get right into this podcast. We have Duggan here. Um, he runs the account, The Sideline Views. Currently just under 8,000 um, followers on Instagram at the moment. Four away from 8,000, which is another big milestone for, for your account over there. Um, how has just been this ride of creating this, um, ins- like this Instagram page and kind of like what got you into it? Yeah, sure, man. So I graduated about two years ago from college. Um, and when I was in college, I worked for Overtime, which is like a sports media company. Um, yeah. I'm sure, you know, most people listening yeah. to this or watching this, I've heard of Overtime. Um, and I was kind of expecting and kind of in a position to be working for them um, after I graduated and kind of things fell through and I didn't end up uh, get a, getting a position with them. But I had kind of always wanted to start my own kind of sports media company. I've always been really passionate about sports media, storytelling and all of that. Um, And I was sitting in, you know, quarantine, like a lot of us were around the world. Um, And I realized that, you know, I was spending a lot of time on my phone, just kind of consuming media, whether it be Instagram or Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of them really. And, And I just thought to myself that, you know, it's, it's worth, if there's going to be a time, if there's going to be a sign, you know, from the universe, if you will, to start something like my own page or my own brand or my own channel, that now is the time. So I started about a year ago this month. So I'm coming up on, you know, being, being in this for one year. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. And a lot of guests I had on actually started either their podcasts or their pages allotted it's um, in quarantine as well. Um, I mean, obviously, it's been tough for all of us, definitely, in terms of um, trying to handle this pandemic, but it's kind of having to make the most of it and um, just trying to see, like, what you could, like, best use your time, like, going forward, especially, like, during these tough times. Um, where are you based and kind of, like, how has, like, COVID like, been, like, like, been for you, like, over this past year? For sure. Um, I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, so it's right outside Boston. Mm-hmm. um sorry it's saying my internet's a little unstable so hopefully you can hear me yeah but I, hear you I grew up right outside boston and um when i i went grew up in newton my whole life and uh come college time i, I moved to new york city 
I was, I went to NYU. So I was in Manhattan for those four years. And then um, COVID affected me because I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful that it hasn't really affected me in a major way, but I, I did have to move out of the city. I moved from New York back home. So I've been kind of living at home since then. Um, but, you know, COVID's been going on for what, like a, almost a little over a year now. And um, things are kind of slowly getting back to normal. I'm going to be moving back to New York in August. But nice. yeah, it, it, it just, it, I moved home because of COVID. But other than that, really um, just thankful that, um, you know, my friends and my family have, have been able to stay healthy during these times. I think health is the most important thing that we kind of all took for granted before this whole thing started. And, uh, I hope, you know, people are staying safe and staying healthy so we can kind of return to normal, if you will. Yeah. I mean, there in the U S I mean, you guys are getting a bunch of vaccinations. I know like a lot of things have been opening back up just watching the NFL draft. I believe it was like last week and like be seeing a lot of people there kind of gives us kind of hope that things are, slowly getting back to normal, but people just continue to have to do their part, hopefully, and we can get and return to normality um, some point down the line. Um, you said you basically, like you just, you are in sp- um, sports media, you were working for overtime and all that, but um, let's start at the roots. Like what got you into sports? Like when did you start like um, getting into it and kind of how has that carried over to you like today? Sorry, man. Can you just repeat that question? That my, yeah. the Wi-Fi is is all choppy over here for some reason. Right. Sorry about that. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, just like going back to the roots. Um, what like got you like into your love of sports and kind of like who like like what sports do you watch and like what teams do you like follow and support? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I grew up playing all types of sports. Um, you know, I as a young kid, I would play baseball and soccer actually, and then around middle school, I was you know, taller than most kids. I'm, I'm six, seven. So, uh, I'm still taller than most people. So I played basketball and volleyball and then in middle school, I also played football. So I, I was kind of all over the place. Um, and then in high school, I played football, basketball, and volleyball. Um, I actually stopped playing football for two years just cause I didn't really want to get injured. It's kind of when I realized I wanted to play volleyball at the next level. And then I played volleyball throughout, throughout college. So all four years at NYU it's division three school. So um, nothing crazy, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I've always just been interested in sports, to be honest, like watching sports, playing sports, writing about sports, talking sports with other people. Um, it's always been a passion of mine. And I think it's really cool how, you know, people can connect through sports. Right. So like us having this interview and, you know, people throughout the world, sports is kind of, you know, that common denominator, that common language that we all speak. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess my favorite teams at heart, I'm Boston, everything. So Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins. And, uh, but I really just like watching the NBA and the NFL in general. Um, so, you know, if there's an NBA game on, whether it's like, just even like last night, you know, Clippers, Raptors, or I think it was Bucks, Nets, like all, all the NBA, just the NBA is so entertaining to me, all the different players. Um, all the different personalities. I, I think the NBA, there's really nothing like it. But the NFL is also really fun to watch. Um, yeah. I guess I'm a little less interested in sports like the the NHL and the MLB, but th- those are still fun to watch. Kind of come playoff time, I hop on the bandwagon and I have it on. And um, obviously, like the Olympics this summer will be awesome. And, and the World Cup's always great to watch. So uh, just really all sports really interest me. And I've always kind of had that passion for sports and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. So 
as I kind of continue to build sideline views as a, as a brand and as a network, I'm always trying to find like new, new people to interview, new people to talk to, um, new sports to kind of follow. So, um, I think that's what makes sports kind of so exciting. There's always a new storyline and there's always, you know, something going on where it's, it's fun to follow along. Yeah. And just like looking through, like just like looking at your page, I mean, like we've, I think, like um, started like following each other, I think a couple months back and you guys cover like you cover like a bunch of sports, whether it's the NBA, baseball, um, some UFC as well. Like you guys, like like you cover like a bit of everything, which is like which are like really cool about your page. And I mean, hitting like all those different um, type of sports and stuff has really like helped like grow your page. And I like honestly, like um, that and along with like some of the other series that you have has been like honestly like fun to watch and like i hope like you got like that you um your page continues to grow another thing that i've like, been noticing about your page like um like um ever since i was following you is that you like to in- integrate like some sort of hip-hop like into your thing like you like whether it's through the birthdays or like um like just like like through your stories like the music and stuff like that do it like um how important do you think especially like in the two like in the sports of basketball and football like the two sports that you mainly watch um how important like how is like hip-hop kind of integrated themselves there and like how important is it to those games i mean it's it's hugely important in my opinion and i think one of the one of the things about sideline views that i try to do is is to put sports in this context of culture right so when we're thinking about the nba and the nfl let's take those two leagues and I, I will say that I do try to like diversify all my content. Like you said, I try to throw some, some baseball in there, some UFC. I, I throw some hip hop in there. And the reason I do the hip hop and, and the culture stuff is because to me, there's, there's this huge overlap in, within culture um, between sports and music. And whether it's, you know, people like Dame Lillard and Lonzo and uh, Mark, uh, Marvin Bagley, who, who they're all, they rap on the side, right? Andre Drummond, I believe, raps on the side as well. Or when it's the opposite, right? When it's people like J. Cole or people like Drake who just love basketball and they love being at the games and they, they, they play in basketball games as well. Um, it's the overlap to me is, is really interesting. And that's kind of the niche where I'm trying to kind of diving into. I'm doing my best to dive into that niche, that overlap, that intersection of sports and culture. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I, I feel like there are a lot of, you know, basketball pages already on Instagram and there's already a lot of NBA pages and there's a lot of sports pages. So it's, it's really about finding what makes you unique and finding what's going to make you different and make someone want to follow your page and not feel like, Oh, you know what? I already follow a page like that. So that that that's kind of my my long answer to the idea of incorporating hip hop. Why I do it? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely like a um, that's definitely like important to do. Um, I mean, like just like thinking about the, just like the the hip, like the genre of hip hop in general. I mean, there have been so many like relations between that the NBA, like whether it's in the lyrics, whether it's even like the music you're listening to like during the games. Like it's a lot of like hip hop like influenced like theme. Obviously, the majority of the players there are um people of color um african-americans who who also like to um um kind of like bring themselves like with hip-hop and stuff like that so yeah like that's like i found your page like really interesting when trying to incorporate that and yeah you guys should definitely check it out like i said his, all his links are gonna be down in the description to see all of his content 
besides that, you got um, you started a series, I believe, a couple months back called the sideline stories where you got uh, where you um, talk to like different athletes of different sports, kind of to see kind of like their journey and kind of how um, they came to be and how they became to be a professional in their sport. Um, so my question is here is like um, what made you start to do this and um, like what joy do you find in just like interviewing people? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that idea of what's going to make my page unique. What's going to make my page, you know, mm-hmm. someone want to follow my page and not just another NBA or Bleacher Report or, you know, Complex or pages like that. And and the Sideline Stories is a is a series that I started um, in January of this year. So I'm going to I've been doing one a month um, yeah. for, you know, I'm going to do it for at least this year and see where it gets me. Um, first of all, it's, it's awesome interviewing people. It's great hearing people's stories, you know, asking them questions and, and asking them kind of, um, about their, their journey and and where you see where you ask them where they think they're going and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it was just about, you know, creating original content, not just creating the NBA recaps, not just creating the, the throwback highlights of, you know, Allen Iverson, not just creating what other people were doing. So it was about incorporating these stories, which I felt like haven't been necessarily overlooked, but they kind of deserve a little bit more shine, a little bit more attention. Um, And back to what we were saying before, I'm not just, you know, here to interview college basketball players. I want to interview, you know, my first was my childhood best friend who went from playing division three basketball to being professional in Israel. And then I've interviewed, um, a few other professional athletes in the, in the volleyball and table tennis world. Um, and another kid who was a D one soccer player. And now he's kind of an, he's an entrepreneur and he's working with like an emerging alcohol brand. And uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be interviewing um, a pretty prominent sports lawyer. So already I'm starting to see some progress with it. Um, it's not easy, but it's, it's exciting. Um, it's something that I enjoy doing. I'm sure you get a lot of joy out of, you know, interviewing people and building up your brand and your network. And, and I think more, more than anything though, it it allows me to create, you know, my own series, my own podcast that tells the stories that I find really interesting. And I think they deserve to get out there more and hopefully by, you know, recording it, editing it and publishing it. That's what I'm, what I'm able to do. Yeah. And like like you said, you already have four episodes out. Um, you guys should definitely go check it out. And just the diversity that you have by talking about people from different sports, whether it's a former soccer player, ten, like a top 200 table tennis player. You just love talking to people from basically all areas of sports and just excited to see what is there to um, come afterwards. But if you had to like for the, for the people listening, like if you had to recommend like one episode that you'd say that would either your favorite or you one, would you just like recommend to someone like out like on the street, like who was looking to see this type of content, like which episode like, out of the ones so far have you made? Like, would you recommend? Well, that's a tough question. Um, I've spent I'm sure you know what it's like to edit a video and how long it takes. Each yeah. video takes me like. I don't keep track, but I would estimate anywhere between like 10 to 15 hours to edit, edit everything by myself. Um, yeah. So when you, you know, when you work, when you work like that for each episode, you want to make each one your favorite. Um, yeah. But I guess, I don't know. Yeah. The, the one I just did with uh, Mudit, he's the t- top 200 table tennis player. He's got a really cool story. He's got a really interesting story and he's, 
he's still like a young, young kid. He's like 21 years old and yeah. uh, still kind of making waves in, in the table tennis world. So that one's unique, but I also really like the previous ones. The one I, the one I did with the D one soccer player who now is part of an alcohol brand. We talked a lot about, you know, why artists and uh, celebrities are getting into the alcohol industry. And, and, you know, you see LeBron, you see Travis Scott, again, going back to this like sports and hip hop world, there's that intersection They're they're celebrities and they're, they're trying to make money and, um, it's really interesting to see the business side of these, these athletes and of these rappers and artists. So I, I guess I would, I would recommend that someone start at the first one and kind of see the growth, yeah. but, um, you, you can watch them in any order. They're, they're really, um, they're long, longer form content. We, we, we talk a lot about how, you know, TikToks and Instagram reels are, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds long. And, you know, the attention span of people, is just seems to be shrinking these days these IGTVs are like closer to seven or eight minutes and I still try to keep them under 10, but I really want to tell the full story as much as I can with, with keeping people engaged. Yeah. And I think that's like, especially important, especially like when talking to these athletes, because as fans of these sports, I mean, we usually just look at them as athletes and they're kind of just people kind of playing our favorite sports, but they're still humans. And I think that there's a, like a good story to like look behind a lot of these like people who have like worked hard, like since the very beginning to try to get where they are. And I think, um, what you're doing there with Silent Stories is actually like a really cool thing. Just trying to get to know these people like on a human level and just trying to like just kind of like relate to them. I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of kind of hip hop and like and like um, going back to kind of hip hop and kind of sports again, um, Global Ambassadors, I think like in the NBA, there's only one and that is for my Toronto Raptors, which is Drake. I mean, I mean, it's cool to have a global ambassador. It's a nice to have like kind of that like that mainstay face, like especially someone as big as Drake. Kind of not like not take away from the basketball players, but kind of be that like that face of the franchise that people recognize to help bring in fans. I mean, do you think like having a global ambassador ambassador kind of for each team is a good idea? And do you think it or and do you think you should be having more of these in sports? Yeah. So say what you want about Drake, what he did for the city of Toronto, like do, do the, do the Raptors win that ring without Drake? Like, I don't know, that might be a stretch. I mean, they, maybe they were still the best team that year, but yeah. the energy and, and the, the attention and the kind of commitment that Drake brought to Toronto that year when they won that ring and what was that 2019? Yeah. Um, that was, that was like unprecedented. I don't remember the last time someone had, you know, been so much of an influence. I mean, he, he sits courtside and he's, you know, talking shit to the warriors and next thing you know, they're talking back. And it's just like, Drake is just, he's such a big presence and he's so influential. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure if I completely agree with this idea that he's the only global ambassador. I think there are, I think there are other artists and there are other celebrities that, um, play that role. So in, in Los Angeles with the Lakers, you have like Snoop Dogg, um, yeah. what is it jack oh. nicholson who is nicholson, nicholson jack nicholson yeah. yeah but i mean like this, what i mean by that is kind of like he's actually employed by the team as like and has like the official title of global ambassador i mean oh yeah that, there's not really like an official title i mean like do you think like more teams should be doing this to kind of like help build their team i see what you're saying i mean i think it's an advantage because it not only one gets more people involved but it's just like it's very it's hype right if people get hyped up about it um I don't know if other teams can afford to slash like have someone as big as Drake, like Toronto has Drake cause that's where he's from. So yeah, yeah on the Raptors, he's, he's their guy. 
But I don't know a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or like the Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder. I don't. I'm not saying there aren't famous people from those cities because I'm sure there are. But I don't know if there's like a Drake from that city. But let, let's take the Houston Rockets for example, right? Travis yeah. Scott, huge fan of the Rockets. He's not the face of the franchise or anything, but I think that there are yes, way the benefits outweigh the you know consequences of having a global ambassador or having um, you know a celebrity who's there to help get the fans hype and it brings back, you know, and it brings in that energy, but it also probably brings in business and it brings in um, ticket sales and all that stuff. So I like the way that, um, you know, what Drake does for Toronto and, and the idea is that, you know, Toronto is not great this year. They, they aren't like a, a top team in the East, like they have been in years past, but the idea is that, you know, with someone like Drake there, they can, they can return to that, that position because athletes are going to want to go there because there are people like Drake who make the arenas, you know, sold out and make it an environment they want to play in. So I think, I think, yes, I like, I like that. And I think um, I like the way kind of the game is, is headed in that sense. I want there to be, you know, as much energy and excitement around these teams as possible. Yeah. And especially helps with a team like a Toronto Raptors who in, in Canada at the very least do not have kind of that same basketball following following as, teams in the U.S., such as the Miami Heat, who are already one of the biggest franchises, same thing with the Lakers, mm-hmm. hitting with mm-hmm. the Celtics. So maybe it will work for, for, like, some teams, obviously. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, the, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, it might be kind of hard-pressed to find, an, like, someone there who wants to, like, represent them. Same thing with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but definitely it's something that maybe other teams, maybe even a team like a Boston Celtics, and maybe, like, look at someone like a Mark Wahlberg, who is pretty prominent in, this, in, the, in, in that city, too maybe become like some sort of ambassador to them. I think like some teams could benefit from it, but at the same time, like I, I do agree with your point that, you know, maybe it doesn't work for all teams. Yeah. I mean, I think the only time where it wouldn't be good is if it became like some sort of distraction, but I, I don't really see that happening. Um, I mean, the thunder, for example, I don't, I don't mean to pick on anyone from, from Oklahoma city, but they're, they're about to have like more first round draft picks in the next five, six years, more than any other team. Right. So, yeah. so their, their GM Presti, I believe, yeah. He, he has gone out and he's going to have so much young talent coming to that city. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a celebrity. Maybe it's just, I know Toronto had that one fan who was like, who's the lifelong fan. That guy's a beast. I love that. Yeah. That guy, I love that guy's energy. And you don't need, you don't need like a famous person. All you need is someone with kind of like a story and someone he's a season ticket holder. And I think, what did he sell? He owns car dealerships or something. Yeah. Own, yeah he owns car dealerships here in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy's electric. That guy's electric. So more yeah. of that is good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, not even like maybe a, not even a pretty famous person, but someone who's like super invested in the team, someone to kind of like help bring kind of that energy. So even for when like the young players do come in, at least like there's some like a lot more excitement in those arenas. I mean, mm-hmm. the yep. team like, the, yeah, team like the Thunder going to have like their future, like their the whole future's ahead of them. So especially with these young guys, maybe like have someone just like, like suit, like a, some sort of super fan there to help kind of, get them more excited about being there. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see that happening. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, we're going to um, move on to some NBA talk. Like I said, if you want to check out Sideline Views, the links are in, um, in the description of this video and also in my link tree. Um, we always, every time we have a guest on, um, we're going to, we do a segment called Hot Colder Just Right, where if you're hot on, so I'm going to give you a statement and if you're hot on it, um, yeah, that means you're, you definitely agree with it. 
if you're cold on it, you don't agree with it. And if you're just right, you're kind of in the middle. And because the playoffs are coming up, we are um, just basically two weeks away from the actual NBA playoffs happening. A lot of this is going to be um, NBA playoff related. Are you ready? Ready to go, man. I'm ready. All right. So the first the first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about here has to um, do with the play in tournament. Over the last few weeks, um, you've seen some um, NBA players such as Luka Doncic, such as LeBron James, come out and say that this whole play in tournament idea is kind of gimmicky. It's not really a good idea. And after playing what 72 games this year, and if this continues on, I mean, teams playing 82 games and having another like two or three games at the end is just kind of a bit much. But um, what do you think? Are you hot, cold, and just right as the play in turn uh, um, for the play in tournament um, being a permanent fixture? Um, I, I would actually say I'm cold on that because I, well, first of all, I think that Luca and LeBron are, are only saying that because their teams are in a position where they might have to be in the playing games. Yeah. But I, I just I don't know. I when I think about the playing games, I think about like the March Madness tournament, and you know, it's one game and then you move on and. I guess the playing games would also just be one game and you move on, but I don't know. For me, I think that the NBA, it's already eight out of the 15 teams make the playoffs. And I think the best way to do it is just have those top eight teams, um, you know, make the playoffs and the eight seed plays the one seed and the seven plays the two seed and, and so forth. And I'm not, I'm not huge on this idea that, you know, you can be flirting with the nine and 10 seed and still have a shot. Um, I don't think that, a lot of the players like it. I don't know if I don't know if it's gotten a ton of, you know, positive reception from from fans. Um, but I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. But personally, right now, I'm cold on it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me play devil's advocate because I think of one of the biggest reasons here, obviously, is to kind of help prevent tanking. That has been one of the biggest things that the NBA has tried to um, kind of fix over the last few years. One of the things that they've done is kind of lower the chances of the number one, number two kind of draft lottery positions. So the top, so the, so the three worst teams have about equal chance of the number one overall pick. I mean, I guess this was just, just a way to kind of help encourage tanking teams to kind of maybe not tank. So just so they can have a chance at the playoffs. But at the same time, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's already like eight, like 16 teams, like more than half the teams already make the playoffs. But I guess like the question is, I mean, I mean, this this is already like getting more excitement for the teams at the bottom. I mean, do you think that um, what they're doing here, like, do you think it's going to, like, help? Um, do you think it's just going to, like, um, ch- have, like, change the team's perspective on trying to make the playoffs? Or do you think, like at, like, at some point they're going to be like, you know what? I mean, it's just an eight seed, right? I mean, we're just going to end up, like, getting beat up by the number one seed anyway. I mean, do you think that um, doing this will help at least encourage teams to be a bit more competitive? Um, I think it could. I think it could help teams become a little bit more competitive. And I see what you're saying. Um, I, I feel like in general, uh, tanking is, I don't know how, how big of a, pro- I think some people are really like anti tanking and they think it's like a huge problem in the league. I think, I think that, you know, there, there are bigger problems that kind of um, we should prioritize a little bit more than, than tanking. But I, I see how, you know, there, it's not all, you know, um, negative or effects or cons to this, to this playing game. There are a few pros. And I think if it would help a team um, think about, you know, we really don't want to miss the playoffs completely. We really want to strive for that, that 10 or nine seed, then, then it could be, that could be one of the, the benefits of, of the playing tournament. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I had to choose here, I'd be kind of just right. I mean, there's obviously some pros, some cons. I think it's something mm-hmm. that we kind of have to wait on to see like how it does turn out. 
maybe it gives like more um, revenue for these other teams as well. I mean, obviously the NBA is about making money. So that's just kind of like another revenue stream for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think it's something that we have to wait on. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, it's probably going to be cut in two to three years anyways. 100% agree. Yeah. Next statement, the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, they've had like one of the roughest seasons out there in terms of especially just dealing with health, whether it's health and safety protocols, whether it's the health of the two stars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both both missing a significant portion of the season. And a lot of fans are um, very kind of are kind of iffy under chances going into the playoffs. So are you hot, cold on just right on the Lakers repeating this year, Brendan? Repeating as NBA champs? Yes. I don't know. I, I, I'll i say just right. At the beginning of the year, I was hot. At the yeah. beginning of the year, I was hot on it. Um, and the reason was because I, I, I had them winning the bubble last year. Um, like in my bracket, I had Lakers in six. I had them beating the Bucks, not the Heat. But yeah. um, they were the best team in the NBA last year for sure. And they yeah. deserve to win that, that ring. This year, like you said, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, I really, I, I'm a big LeBron fan, believe it or not. A lot of people from Boston hate LeBron. I, I'm someone who just like LeBron to me is, you know, kind of a bigger than basketball kind of figure. And I really respect respect LeBron. Um, I, I actually see them probably, I guess I have them losing in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I have them, I think they're going to get a little bit farther than people. People are saying, you know, first round exit no like they're not they're not gonna be a first round exit team i don't maybe that's just you know trolls on twitter but uh yeah i i have them making a run um but if they get to the finals i i i have a team from the east beating them i have either i have the nets or potentially even the sixers beating them um i think if they get as far to the finals then they might you know, not have what it takes to win, to win it all. Um, and I, I, I would say don't sleep on the Clippers this year. The Clippers yeah. have some, they, the Clippers really, really to blow a three, one lead to the nuggets. That is, yeah. they have some, you know, playoff redemption to do. So I wouldn't sleep on the Clippers. I wouldn't sleep on the Clippers, but no, I, I don't, I don't think the Lakers repeat. So I guess I'm going from just right to cold. I, I don't cold. think it's happening. Yeah, um, I it, it's hard for me because it's kind of like the, the LeBron James factor is always there. And obviously, Anthony Davis is a top 10, top five NBA player at his peak. But these injuries are something that you really just can't ignore, especially for someone like Anthony Davis, who's had these injury problems since his days back in New Orleans. And LeBron James, he's only getting older, missing 20 plus games for the first time in his NBA career. I mean, it's something that you can't just gloss over. This is like something real. And he said a couple of days ago that, you know, um, these injuries are no joke, and like he's probably not going to be kind of a hundred percent for the rest of his career. So yeah. in terms of, yeah, I saw that he said that. And that that shows how serious it is. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of just um, kind of undervaluing the competition, like kind of in both conferences this year. I mean, obviously in the in the East, there's the 76ers, Bucks, Nets. In the West, I mean. All, I mean, the Clippers, I, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm very big on them. I think they have a really good chance of making the finals this year as well. But in just teams like the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, who mm-hmm. maybe do not seem like, you know, finals contenders, maybe because either their experience when it comes to the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz, you know, they've had some past playoff failures. But I think that they're um, they're going to give the, the Lakers a run for the money no matter what. And 
I think they're just kind of at their most vulnerable this year. I guess like that's the best way to put it. And I think that um, yeah, there's definitely that's a good a way to put it. Yeah, I think that um, yeah, it's just gonna be a definitely a, a tough road, especially coming off all these injuries going to the finals. So yeah, I, I'm just cold. But I mean, like in the like in the West, you have the Clippers. Who do you think would be like kind of their biggest like competition if they do face the finals in the um, like in the East? Yeah, so I, I've really been watching, uh, really been enjoying watching the Suns and the Jazz ball out this year as well. Yeah. The Jazz are just like so efficient on offense. You know, they light it up in three, but then you, then you got the Suns who are just like solid, such a solid crew. You got CP3 doing his thing, you know, Booker, all, all these guys who, who have just been having such a good season. Uh, I guess I would say that the Clippers' biggest threat out, outside of the Lakers would be would be the suns would be phoenix um Mm -hmm. i don't know i haven't looked at the standings as of the last couple days but are the suns and the jazz still the top two teams right now yeah they actually have the same record i believe with the suns have a tiebreaker yeah so yeah Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the west i mean it's going to come down to who ends up on what side of the bracket right so if you have the suns and the and the jazz if they're on opposite sides of the brackets the whole way down, could they both hold? I, I don't, I, there's, there's going to be an LA team in, in the Western conference finals. I'm pretty certain about that. I don't think it's going to be Phoenix, Utah in the finals. I'd be yeah. shocked. Um, yeah. But yeah, playoffs, it's always kind of, you know, different gear, different players step up and the young players, the, the less experienced players, sometimes they get nervous, you know, look at Giannis, the Bucks haven't done well in the playoffs. I, um, I think actually thinking about the East too, uh, the Bucks are a team where I, I think Giannis makes the makes the leap this year. I think the Bucks potentially make the Eastern Conference Finals based on their matchups. Yeah, definitely interesting. I mean, it's, it, there's like so many. Like you can make a case for basically seven or eight of these teams, and I think that right. I think that just shows like where like kind of how like good of a place in the league is now, and that there's actually a lot of different competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, next statement: um, jumping from the West to the East, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, same thing with the Lakers. They've had a lot of injuries throughout their season, but they haven't really like taken their foot off the gas pedal. Whether it's Kyrie leading the charge, KD, they're still one of the top two teams in the East, still playing absolutely fantastic. And we've only seen them the, their full big three with Harden, KD, and Kyrie play together for seven games. But even with like with all these injury issues and stuff like that, a lot of people believe that they are still the favorites by far in in the East. So are you hot, cold, and just right as the Brooklyn Nets being the by far favorites in the Eastern Conference? I mean, that that word by far is kind of tripping me up a little bit just because yeah. the Bucks and the Sixers are really good teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a, as a diehard Celtics fan, this year just doesn't look like our year. That's not to say that in the playoffs, if we're all healthy, we can't make a run. Um, and that's not to say that Miami couldn't make a run either. I mean, they yeah. they were not the one seed last year. I think they were the four seed coming out of the East. Yeah. They made it all the way to the finals. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm I'm just right on them being by far the favorite. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to give them too much credit. Like you said, injuries have made it so their big three has only been able to play a, a small amount of games together. I think if the Nets are healthy though, and I think the way that the NBA is set up with seven game series of a, a fully healthy Nets team is going to come out of these. Yeah, I definitely do agree with that. I'm kind of just right on that too, just because there's always that idea at the back of your mind. Like, you know, Kyrie has had his injury issues. Obviously K- Katie came back from the Achilles injury. So you know that he's not going to be kind of a hundred, a hundred percent. So 
I mean, there's still like some great um, competitors out east, whether it's the 76ers, whether it's the um, whether it's the Bucks as well. I mean, there's they're definitely going to have like a tough road going there nonetheless. And I mean, if they're healthy, that's the thing. If they're healthy, they are the best team in basketball, probably kind of the best three man unit we've seen in probably NBA history, having three top 12, basically NBA players, um, arguably. So, yeah, I mean, the injuries are definitely still a concern, but. The Nets being the by far favorites, yeah, I guess, yeah, by far is just kind of a bit much. So, yeah, yep. I'm definitely just right on that. Two more before um, we head for the end of this episode. Um, the New York Knicks, fourth seed in the East right now, having a great redemption season. Julius Randle, probably going to win most improved and all that. But here's my statement. The New York Knicks will be championship contenders in the next three years. Are you hot, cold, or just right on that? New York Knicks championship competitors in the next three years. Um, I'll, I'll go. I hate to keep just saying just right. I don't want to count them out because I have seen the energy around New York this year. It's just been different. It's just been different. Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, these guys, Derek Rose has stepped on up in a major way. Um, but they would really have to get like a superstar or two in the, in the off season to become championship competitors, just with the amount of talent in the league. Um, I don't see them getting too far in the playoffs. I'd say they, they could win a first round matchup. I don't have them getting further than that. Um, And that's just because they're inexperienced, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you have guys that um, they're going to play hard night in and night out. But at the end of the day, the playoffs is where the superstars come alive, come alive. So, you know, a guy like Julius Randle, who's just been having an, an insane season and I hope he does win most improves. I think he deserves it. Um, I just, I don't see that the Knicks to say that in the next three years, they'll be, you know, in the, in the, in the NBA finals. I don't know if I can commit to that, but at the same time, I don't want to rule them out um, because crazier things have happened. They could, they could pick up a, a star um, in the, in the off season or, they could have, you know, they could trade or sign someone that really turns the whole team around. But they've they've had such a to have a winning record for them has just been such an improvement and such an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. And it feels like for the first time in forever that the Knicks actually feel like a competent organization because there have been so many just instances with James Dolan with that with like Scott Perry, not even Scott Perry. I mean, their old GM, the whole Phil Jackson era just felt like a whole mess throughout most mm-hmm. of the 2010s. And now like at the beginning of the 2020s, it feels like they're starting to turn things around. Julius Randle playing absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, who knows, maybe in the next year or two, they prove that they are a competent organization and players actually want to sign there again. People will actually want to go to New York, play in Madison Square Garden maybe they can, that is like the new birthplace for a new super team. Who knows? But yeah, it's kind of hard to commit to that. I'm, I also am just right on that, but yeah, the Knicks, I mean, they're still one of the biggest markets. I mean, you like, we've seen even the Los Angeles Clippers be able to build like, like to bring in two superstars in like one off season. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, exactly. yeah, definitely crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. One more statement before I let you go. I think this is very fitting because you are a Boston Celtic fan. Jason Tatum, I mean, this year, probably the best season of his career, um, 26 points a game, um, pretty good percentages, possibly all NBA, who knows? I mean, it really, it really does depend if you want to kind of skip, um, skip over to the Celtics record and stuff. 
but I think a lot of people are undervaluing him and are kind of like, I think he's become slightly underrated because I think he's being too much kind of in like they, they connect him too much to that Celtics record. And I think that they don't give him credit for how good of a player he is. So in terms of the statement, Jason Tatum is a top 15 NBA player. Are you hot, cold or just right on that statement? I, I got to say I'm hot on that um, yeah. because I mean, top 10, I think you, I would go, he's probably right around the, the, the top 10 or 11th best player in the league. Top 15 though. I'm, I'm saying he, he is definitely top 15. Um, he's had a kind of a breakout season. Um, he's had, you know, sick, he had 60 points in a game the other year, uh, in a game the other day, I should say. Um, he's had multiple 40 point games, I think a few 50 point games, but more than just the scoring, he's just, for the most part, been very consistent night in and night out. He's had a few off games or a few little streaks where um, he's been kind of off his game, but like this man had COVID and like he had to, he, I saw a report. He like has to use an inhaler now. Like COVID, yeah. people cannot forget how COVID treats people differently. And these are professional athletes. These are not everyday people. They have like superhuman bodies if you will but COVID is still messing with them so right he's had to use inhalers he feels like um he's out of, he felt like he was out of shape he missed a lot of time and um it kind of reminds me of another you know Boston sports player who had COVID which was Cam Newton right so this past season Cam was playing pretty well he got COVID and then when he came back he was never really the same especially that first game back from COVID he like he he really couldn't even throw the ball um so it's clear that you know COVID has affected these these players so um I mean if you think about top 10 players in the league um you're probably thinking uh, I'm sure I'll forget some but you're thinking like LeBron you're thinking KD you're thinking Giannis Anthony Davis Luka Harden um Kawhi Jokic Embiid and like maybe Dame, Russ, Dame, maybe Dame, yeah, Dame, yeah. Dame. So that's like that's your top ten. Cool, fine. He's not necessarily a top ten player right now, but top fifteen. I don't know if I can name another five after that. I mean, you got Jimmy Butler. There are probably a few other like I don't know. There's there's other good players, but I think Tatum is in that top fifteen for sure. So I'm hot on that. Yeah, I'm also hot on this statement. Um, he has improved every single year he has been in the league. Um, top 10 in scoring this year, 87% from the free throw line, almost 40% from three. I mean, he is scoring on all levels. He's also improved heavily as a defender as well, like um, since coming in from Duke. Um, been loving watching his game. I mean, that 60-point game where where, you're, where you guys actually came down from 32 points against the San Antonio yeah. Spurs was probably one of the most insane games of this regular season. So, and I know the Celtics haven't been playing like as good as many people believed, but Jason Tatum has just taken it to a whole new level. And I think you can't discredit that, even though the Celtics record has been bad. Um, Jason Tatum is, is 100% for me a top 15 NBA player. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, those are our hot caller just right. Let me know down below what you guys think. Do you disagree? Agree with us? Let us know down below. I think we're going to end the, the podcast here. Thank you guys for watching. Brandon, um, before we head off, I'm going to let you have the floor, promote whatever you need to promote and just tell them, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So on Instagram, our handle is at the sideline views. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. Um, we're on all the LinkedIn. We're on all the major um, social media sites. 
So yeah, follow along and, and, and shout us out. Let us know that, you know, you, you checked out this podcast and it's what brought you there and connect with us. We're always looking to talk to sports fans, um, whether it's in the comment section, DM us, we're, we're very you know receptive and we try to be as, as uh, respond to as many people as we can. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I got. Really appreciate you having me on TV. Um, you, you got a really good thing going on. I would say, keep it up the grind. Um, you know, yeah. the grind never stops. And, and if you continue to grind hard and you continue to work hard, you know, things will naturally come your way. So, um, the work you've been putting in with the podcast and, and the whole account has been impressive. So keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. I will have all of his links down in description, like I mentioned earlier on. And yeah, I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Remember to like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, leave a review. Subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Support in any way if you're listening on any of the other podcast networks. I'll be back on Monday to give my all NBA team. So you should definitely uh, want to subscribe and stuff so you won't miss out on that. Should have a new guest for next week. And um, yeah, it's just going to be a lots of great NBA content coming up for you guys. So hope you guys enjoy it. But yeah. We're going to be signing out. That's Brendan. I'm TV. Hope you all have a fantastic day, guys. Take it easy. Peace.